0: Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. All right, a great Sunday as we remember what Jesus did and what the Holy Spirit has done as he opened the floodgates of heaven. And poured out his spirit on Pentecost Sunday the birth of the church and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on a special day and uh, we're going to remember that this morning and we're starting a new series this morning on the Holy Spirit and uh, as we do it depends on your background I'm sure that you may have either either heard from people what their views are of the Holy Spirit or or you may have your own and uh, how you view him but uh, some people get a little nervous when we talk about the Spirit of God, and, and really there's no need to, and what, what is important is that we gain a biblical understanding of who the Spirit is and what He wants to do in our lives. Uh, I've heard, you know, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and uh, from there I, people have heard, uh, I've heard people call uh, the third person of the Trinity the Holy Spirit, they've called Him the Holy Spirit, they've called Him the Holy Ghost. Probably depends on the translation of the Bible that you tend to read. And some have even called him an it. Well, that's not quite, uh, quite correct because he is a he. And uh, so uh, that's the wrong pronoun to use for it. And, and the Holy Spirit is more than just an influence in our lives. Uh, scripture teaches that he's a person and it shows that he has all of the, the marks of personality. And some have difficulty thinking of the Spirit of God as, as a person because He is Spirit. Uh, and we see that He's not just a spirit with a small s. The Scripture says that God is Spirit. And uh, we recognize the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit set apart. might be helpful for us to ask ourselves this when we think about personality Some. Uh, This question, will I cease to be a person when I experience physical death? Well, uh, no, not really. At death, we depart from our physical body. We lay down this earthly tent, as the Bible would say to us, and we retain the marks of personality uh, as we go to be with the Lord. Uh, The Holy Spirit possesses all of those as well. Some people today outside of good and sound biblical doctrine uh, say that the Holy Spirit is just a force or only the power of God. But really that's a mistake. He's more than that. And if you read through the scriptures, it teaches us about the Spirit by the many things it says about Him. Uh, We're going to look here at the Holy Spirit and experience Him in a different way as we walk through the Word together he he is a person he's not just simply a force and so we need to talk about the spirit and we're not when we talk about him we're talk, not talking about a force of electricity so to speak we know that the spirit is powerful but he is also personal so if you traveled around the world you see all kinds of paintings you seek all kinds of houses and maybe maybe uh maybe your house at one point was uh Maybe you kind of let it go and after maybe ten or fifteen years or so the the paint starts getting dull right you don't you don't see it real well, especially white and it starts oxidizing and and the paint starts fading out from the sun and and all the elements that 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 have, uh that affect it and so now you you finally decide hey I, I've got to clean this thing and so your first step is to clean the thing off so you get out your power washer you're washing it off and then you're like hey, that doesn't look too bad. you kind got to see your house again, get all that oxidation blown off of there, and get all the dirt blown off of there from the storms and stuff that we have here in Kansas. And, and, and you can start seeing it again. And sometimes that happens to us in our lives and in our relationship to the Lord. Sometimes the, uh, so the, the, all the stuff around us has kind of darkened the surface, and we, we don't see the Lord in the same way that we used to see Him. And as we're walking through this series on the Spirit of God, it, it's, uh, we should be uh, uncovering the beauty of who He is and, and the power of what He does in our lives. And uh, so we need to recognize that He does work in our lives. We want to understand and we also want to experience Him. The Holy Spirit doesn't get the right amount of time or amount of attention that He needs. Really, we understand kind of God the Father. Whether you've had a father growing up in the home or not, you still kind of get an idea of what that dad should function like. Uh, also, we understand the uh, God the Son. He became a human and lived on earth and experienced life like the rest of us did. But the Holy Spirit, we don't seem to easily understand Him. And really, that's okay. Even the early followers of Jesus Uh, did not always understand him or get him or understand. If you look with me on the screen this morning, you'll see in Acts chapter 19, Luke is writing and he writes uh, and he explains a couple things of what takes place. Luke, he's kind of the historian and, and he says in verse 1 of Acts 19, he says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Look at what their answer was. He said, They, they answered, No, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. They're like, What? What are you talking about? They they weren't aware of, of the Holy Spirit, but understanding him is part of it. And then we also have to uh, on the, have on the other side the experience. The Spirit of God is best understood when you experience His work in your life. And it's not sufficient just to simply describe who He is or to talk about Him, but to experience His work in your life. Now, if you've come to faith and put your trust in Jesus Christ, we know to some level that you have experienced His work in your life when you were transformed, when you were changed, and Christ came into your life. We know Scripture tells us that we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Before I came to faith in Christ, I went to church, all those kind of things, but I didn't have that seal of the Holy Spirit until I allowed Christ into my life and He transformed me. That's part of the work that He does in our lives. Now, over the next few weeks, hopefully we're going to blow off or wipe off some of that oxidation, the scale that's on the outside of our houses to be able to help understand the Holy Spirit a little bit better. And here's one of those key things that we need to consider this morning. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And our relationship with Him is a vital part of Christian living. How we live. How we live day to day. How we work day to day. And in Romans chapter 8 verse 9 it says this. In the NIV version it says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. So let's uh, consider here what it means to have the Spirit uh, live inside of us, with us, and through our lives. And there's going to be about three things that we look at here this morning. And the first one is is that, that the Holy Spirit brings freedom. He brings freedom to our lives. Let's jump back over into Romans 8. Let's look at this passage 8, verses 1 to 8. And he says this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. If you've been born again, if you've been brought into the family of God, Uh, You have been brought out of that sin and death. And verse 3 says this, for what the law was powerless to do, meaning the Old Testament law, what it was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh or sinful man, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Then he goes over in verse 5 here and he says this, those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do, nor can, uh, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So he says quite a bit there, but it, one of those key things we should grab out of that too is he says there is no condemnation. And that's really incredible for us to to recognize that we have freedom in Christ. Too many times uh, people live with that condemnation in their lives, and their lives are full of guilt and regret, and they live by the statement, I wish I could have been, and then finish the statement from there. But freedom starts with forgiveness, and that's where we have to start. Forgiveness is the big thing that Christ brings to us when we come to Him by faith and allow Him to work in our lives. The Spirit draws us to Christ. We know that Paul says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But but you must choose to accept His forgiveness and then live as a forgiven person, as a person who's been forgiven of their sin. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 in the New Living Translation says it this way. I like it the way it says it. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please Christ. When we come to faith in Christ, and it should change our way, our it should change our desires. And then we walk through that process, we walk through that, and we allow the Holy Spirit to lead our lives, to control our lives, and to guide our lives. Paul understood that. And, and sin doesn't have to have power over you. The same Holy Spirit who drew you to Christ lives in you to help you overcome the things that steal your freedom because we know that something is always going to try to come in and steal our freedom. So we have to make sure that we don't get uh, tripped up by the things that the enemy would throw at us and allow him to help us in our walk. We need to allow the Spirit of God. It's a daily process, isn't it? When I first came to faith in Christ, it was like, Every, every night, I was like, get, re-getting, getting saved again. I, was, I, I, would, I would kneel down to pray, and I'm like, God, I need to be saved again after what, how I was living today. And so I, I, had to get a, I had to understand that there was assurance there once I came to faith in Christ on one side. But then on the other side, I had to learn to allow the Holy Spirit to help me to live my life. And to walk out what God had done in my life freedom is sustained by the holy spirit he works in us it's one thing to know you've been set free it's another thing to be able to live that out walk it out in understanding so the enemy of our soul he did, he understands the power of a person being fo- following the holy spirit and the work of god and so he's going to try to throw everything he can to at us Isn't that what happens Uh, every day you'll you'll get something the enemy will throw something at you and he tries to undermine God's credibility if you look back in Genesis you see that really fast it doesn't take long to figure out that the enemy does that with Adam and Eve he did that tried to undermine God's credibility he tries to make it hard for us to live a Christian life but he also tries to confuse you with false teaching different things that people throw out that uh, put a twist on God's word that isn't accurate and And then he tries to cause division in our lives, and and Satan tries to get you to trust yourself more than God. That's probably a big one, too. We see that in the beginning as well. Sometimes we say, you know what, I can do this on my own, but the reality is is we need him. We need his power, we need his presence to be able to help us to live our lives in a way that brings him glory. And really this takes us to one of those uh, powerful scriptures over in Ephesians. You know, uh, we lo- I love that song, uh, This Is How I Fight My Battles. It's a newer song for us, and we've sang it for a couple months off and on a little bit. Maybe some of you remember it. No, don't worry, I'm not going to sing it to you. <laughs> so, but uh, we, we fight our battles in worship. We fight our battles in prayer as we interact with the Lord, and it helps us along the way. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, Paul tells us this. He says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So we need to be able to pray in the Spirit. We need to be uh, directed by the Spirit in our prayers when? On all occasions, not once in a while. Not not next month or, or last year, but, but on all occasions, no matter what the situation is, uh, we need to allow Him to work in our lives. And, and one of the reasons that we need to pray in the Spirit is because we cannot defeat Satan in our own lives. We need the Spirit of God working in us and through our lives. Freedom is strengthened by our daily experiences with the Holy Spirit. Your daily experience in the Spirit gives you a, an understanding of God's mysteries. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, it says this. Paul says, These things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. We need Him working in us. We need Him guiding us. We can also find that our daily experience in the Holy Spirit can illuminate Scripture. Have you ever had one of those times where you, you were perusing through the Bible and maybe you were reading a passage and, and you read this passage and it just jumped out at you and you were like, wow, I never even noticed that before. And there it is, it just jumps out at you. And, and, and John, in, in the book of John, in chapter 16, verse 13, it says this, It says, but when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. The thing about the Spirit of God is He can lighten up. He can illuminate the Scripture for us to be able to understand and so we can get it. Have you ever been in the place where it's like you read something and it's like, I just don't get it. And we've all been in that that place, and sometimes the Lord just opens our eyes and helps us to understand a little bit better. So in our daily experience with the Spirit, you you have that opportunity to connect also with the body of Christ, and it's here that we find the basic biblical views of what the early church was like. We look over in the book of Acts, and we see it there in Acts 2. Acts 2. And we, we have to be challenged to focus and to fellowship like the early church. They were big into both of those things. Like, like Angela said, we're going to do the well-fed here in July, and we need to be able to take time, set that time back, and be able to interact with one another and, and eat some food together and talk and say, hey, this is what I'm doing now, or what are you doing, and interact and have that connection. It's important. Look at what it says in Acts 2, what they do. not courts, Uh, courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added, you catch that? And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Why? Because they got it. They They stayed connected to the word of God. They stayed connected in worshiping the Lord. They stayed connected in fellowshipping with one another which is so important for us as followers of Jesus so that we can be strong. Having a church family frees you from the pressures of serving Christ alone. That's an important thing for us. That we don't just try to get out there and serve Christ by ourselves. That we're not just doing it on our own but that we're allowing others into our lives. And sometimes that's challenging because when we, when we let other people into our life, that means there's going to be interaction, right? And when there's interaction, they may know something about you, and it may, it may, they may encourage you, though, when times get tough. And that's why it's so important for us as followers of Jesus to stay connected. And I think in the world that we live now, it's so much easier to do this, to pull out our cell phone. In fact, I have a text now. Let's see what that is. This is Care. Please uh, text YES to confirm your... Oh, that's my appointment. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, pull the, we pull these things out and, and sometimes it's so easy for us in our culture, now even followers of Jesus, to pull them out and to get in our way and when we really need to make sure that we have a connection with one another. Sure, that's a way to connect, but it is just one way and when we have that opportunity to be face-to-face... Then we can interact and we can see how that other person responds. like my wife in the morning or something. I can look at her in her face and I can see how she responds to me when I when I say I love you. Or if I if I ask her, hey, uh uh, did you make breakfast yet? <laughs> she would as <laughs> she just did there, she just shook her head. <laughs> it was you're on your own buddy (laughs) so i'm blessed with a wonderful wife as we're as we're connect as we connect to one another it allows us to have fellowship with believers and grow in our understanding with the word of god and serve christ with friends and share in our faith with others and to worship god in spirit and in truth as they did in the in the book of acts as they did in the early church we need to keep our hearts open to what god wants to do in our lives here's the second thing that we need to look at the holy spirit brings peace he brings peace it's good news because everybody is looking for peace over in romans chapter 8 verses 6 and 8 in the new living translation it says it this way it so says it says so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never, it never did obey God's laws, and it never will. I like the way it says it there. And that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God that's why we have to come to a place where we surrender our life to christ and we allow him to take over our life it's not like he just controls everything about us but we allow him to work in our life and how and that he can change us transform us and set us on the right path in this world see everybody's looking for peace of mind in their lives today people do anything they can to try to find peace they'll go anywhere they can do whatever they can to try to obtain that peace, but that peace only comes from the Lord. Having peace of mind comes from the Spirit of God. So we have to ask ourselves too, as followers of Jesus, who or, uh, who or what occupies your mind? What op- occupies your mind? What is your focus? And whenever, whatever space in your life that God gets will have peace, but whatever space God is eliminated from, probably won't have all that much peace but will likely be dominated by fear and other things that's why we need to be able to focus on him that's why we need to be able to allow him to come into our lives that's why we need to allow him to guide us because more than anything we need his guidance in this in this world that we live in today there are things in our lives that attempt to steal our peace of mind uncontrollable circumstances have you ever had that happen I, I know Jody was going to bring our, our middle son today, and he was sick, so he couldn't come. We couldn't control that. There are other things that happen in our lives, and, and, uh, and, and you just can't control those things in your life. They just happen. And uh, there's just different things that we have to allow the Holy Spirit to help us. Just think about some of the things that, that uh, people get frustrated with. Uh, traffic. You set in traffic. Maybe you're out on I-70. You're going to go home or something. And all of a sudden, it's a backup. Or there's been times on 75 Highway coming into town. It gets backed up for a mile or something. And it's like, man, what is happening here? And delayed flights. Those kind of things happen. Maybe it's a coworker's bad attitude that you're having to deal with, and they just don't like. Maybe they don't like the color of tie you wear. That's why I don't wear ties, <laughs> except for when I have to. Yeah, there's so many things, there's so many things that we face, there's not, not only that unchangeable people, maybe there's some unchangeable people in your life, people don't always like to change, do they? And, and we know because we are people, right? In fact, we knew it because last last weekend we had a wedding and so we left it set up for the wedding and the people's like, where's my chair, right? And, and just the way it is, we're, we're creatures of habit, we don't like change, but, and uh, may, have you ever tried to change somebody? Maybe it was your spouse or a friend or something like that. I don't recommend that you try to change your spouse. Uh, I think you probably should pray for them. When I do premarital counseling, that's one of the things I talk about. You you know, you can't change them. Uh, You know, you can't expect that you will change them. A lot of people come in and they'll say, well, yeah, they're going to look like this after I'm done with them, right? (laughs) It just doesn't work that way. One of the quickest ways to lose your peace of mind is to try to change somebody that doesn't want to be changed. Another one of those things that steal our peace can be unanticipated problems. It, It happens. It's just part of life. Those things are there. So how does the Holy Spirit bring peace in our lives? He helps you accept sometimes what you can't adjust, what you can't control. In John chapter 14, verse 26 and 27, Jesus says these words. Remember, he he's fixing to leave. He's fixing to go to the cross. And and he says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Do not give, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We want the peace of God working in our life. It's not all about our setting or our scenario in life. We need that peace of God. And it comes when we put our our dependence on Him and when we put our trust in Christ. And we allow Him to rule our lives and not all the other stuff because all the other stuff will vie for our attention. It will try to come into our way. But we have to allow the peace of God to rule our lives because we need Him more than anything. And He's the one that can give us that peace. Even when the world is troubled and your heart is troubled, God can bring you peace through His Spirit. And sometimes we have to change what we're focusing on. That's a big problem. Sometimes we'll just focus on the wrong things and that, that, that will make us lose our peace, but we need to step back and allow the peace of God to work in our lives. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says this, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you they trust in you we we live in a fallen world we have we have an enemy of our souls and we have our own problems our own faults and all all of these things uh, all of these truths lead us to living in a world that is not problem free i would love to be up here and say it's all perfect it's everything is cherries and cream or whatever it is and, and it's all good but the uh, peaches and cream right maybe i like cherries <laughs> i tell you uh, but we trust in the Lord and we put our focus on Him and we keep our mind set on Him. You have to trust in Christ. The Holy Spirit can help you develop a confident trust when, you're, when your mind is telling you otherwise. Because it's going to do that at times. The Spirit helps you surrender to God's control. Now sometimes people don't like that one. People don't like that idea, and I remember at that place before I came to faith in Christ, I didn't like the thought of God governing my life. I did not want that. I did not want Him to direct my life, and, and so I was just going to run down the path that I was running on, and, and when, I, when, I, when I came to the place where I said, okay, God, I can't do this no more. I need your help. And when I recognized as He came into my life, I recognized that there was peace and that there was hope in that. When He came into my heart, there was something different, and as I allowed Him to work in me. We live in this fallen world. Some people don't like the idea of God controlling their lives because maybe they're control freaks of their own destiny. Saying, hey, you know, I want to go this way. And one of the reasons why some don't have the peace of God that comes from the Spirit is that they're fighting against God Himself. I don't know, maybe that's you this morning. I'm not sure. I can't see into your mind or heart. But that's the Holy Spirit maybe is saying something. You can't fight against Him. You have to allow God to work in your life. Psalms 119 verse 165 tells us this great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble when we live in obedience to god instead of struggling against him we have peace and we live in the safety that he provides not the safety that the world provides we know there's always going to be upheaval out there that's just the way it is jesus talked there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and all that kind of stuff it's going to rumble and it's going to storm around you but in christ you can still have peace And that comes through faith and trust in Him. We also recognize that the Holy Spirit brings fellowship. He brings fellowship to us. God makes Himself known to us in three persons. We see that. We call it the Trinity. That's our theological term to explain it, but it's it's really a mystery. But each person of the Trinity interacts with us in different ways. The three persons of the Trinity have fellowship with one another. In other words, they are they are intimately related to each other, and they act cooperatively. If you look at what Second uh, uh, Corinthians chapter thirteen verse fourteen says, and and I know it's kind of a greeting, there in some sense, and he says, "May the may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God." and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. It's and, and he's showing how they work together. It's showing how God the Father, God the Son, and the Spirit of God working together. But it also, that fellowship relates to us as followers of Jesus. As we want to stay connected to Him. We want to stay walking with Him. So what does the fellowship of the Spirit mean for us? Well, it can mean many things. But it means the Holy Spirit wants friendship. We understand that from the very beginning. God wanted friendship. He, he wanted that friendship of mankind. He, he's a catalyst for helping us understand that God is not some distant person that we cannot connect with. He's not some disconnected individual. He wants a personal re- friendship or relationship with us. And He has always, want, always, always wanted this. If you look back in Genesis... In chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, look at what it says there. It's on the screen for you. It says, "In in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. See, we see the Holy Spirit right there in the beginning. This is kind of the way I, this is my, just my personal way of interpreting this a little bit. It's kind of like the Spirit of God was hanging out waiting for friendship of creation. He was waiting for mankind that He was going to create and going to form. He was waiting there. He was hanging out over the waters. God's always been at work to have a relationship with us. At creation we see it. God breathed the breath of life into Adam. And He started a relationship with people. At the cross, Jesus died so that we could be forgiven. So that we could be in a right relationship with Him. But now, as He went to the Father and He's seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, we know He's preparing a place for us in heaven for those who will put their faith and trust in Christ Jesus. He is there waiting so that we can spend an eternity with God. Even when we aren't aware He's always been making plans and working in our life, hoping and planning to pull us to Himself closer. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit involves sharing our lives in communion with Him. It's opening the deepest parts of our personality, our thoughts, our motives, our feelings, our attitudes, our decisions, our fears, those things that we're concerned with or those things that we're passionate about to the influence and the direction of god's spirit the this fellowship helps us to avoid those sins of the spirit envy and jealousy and selfish ambition and all those things you can go on with all kinds of lists but and and to develop the characteristic traits that reflect the fruit of the spirit love and joy and peace patience kindness gentleness meekness temperance and self-control all those things that he likes to work in our lives. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. Not the fruits, they the fruit of the Spirit. And He likes to work them in our lives and through our lives. As we wrap this up this morning, Michael's going to come up and lead us in the last song. But life in the Spirit includes so, much, so many benefits and so many blessings for us who follow the Lord. They're, they're for all of our benefits and there are much more than only the, the few sign gifts that manifest in our community settings as the Spirit of God speaks to us in different ways. Our relationship with the Spirit is, vi- is a vital part of our Christian walk, it's a vital part of how we live every day. It's, you know, uh, as a pastor, we're always challenged because we, here we, we come into a church and And people see us in one way, and and it's like, okay, well, in church it's got to be this way, and out here it's got to be another way. But for us as followers of Jesus, we want to be the same in here as we are out there. We want Christ to be working in our lives and transforming us. No, we're not perfect. He's working on us. We're still a works in progress. He's still, still working on us, right? I don't know about you, but He's still working on me. And we have to look to Him and allow Him. To work in our lives. In Luke chapter 11 verse 13 it says this. This is our final scripture. It says if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I want to encourage you today to open your heart to what God wants to do in your life. Invite Him to work in your life simply by asking Him to fellowship with you at don't force your way into his business he won't I should say he won't force your way into his bu- in your business he wants you to welcome him in why don't you stand with me this morning we're going to sing this last song together and we're going to worship the lord in that but and our prayer teams are going to come and and if you would like prayer this morning, I'm not sure where you are in your walk. Maybe you're wanting to get closer to the Lord. Maybe you're wanting Him to, to work in your life in a better way than the house in the past. Or Maybe you need healing in your body and you're just asking God to restore you. Or maybe you're in a place where you say, you know what, I, I need to come to a place. I need to make this decision to follow you and to trust you, Lord. I'm not sure where you're at, but we'll be glad to pray with you up front here. And let's just worship the Lord together and keep our hearts focused on Him as He wants to work in us. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, because you, the faithful one, the one who gave your Son on the cross so that we might have life, also has sent the Holy Spirit into our lives to to give us peace of heart and peace of mind and to fill us and to empower us. You tell us in your word that, that we'd be empowered so that we can preach the gospel all over the world. That is part of the purpose of your work in our lives. But Father God, we pray that you would help us this morning. Help us to focus on what you want to do in each and every one of our lives because your plans are bigger than the plans that we have set in our pockets. Your plans are bigger than what we put down on our note page. Your plans are bigger than those things. Father, here we are. Here we are as we are. And we say, Lord, we need you this morning. Work in our lives. In Jesus' name.